0: This is The Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, July 11th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week Xylazine effects on opioid-induced brain hypoxia is in psychopharmacology. This study examined the brain-specific hypothermic and hypoxic effects of xylazine and its mixtures with fentanyl and heroin in freely moving rats. The study found that xylazine exacerbates the life-threatening effects of opioids. The authors propose worsened brain hypoxia as the mechanism contributing to xylazine-positive opioid overdose deaths. Next is a study in Annals of Internal Medicine titled Effects of U.S. State Medical Cannabis Laws on Treatment of Chronic Non-Cancer Pain. For this study, the authors used data from 12 states that implemented medical cannabis laws in 17 comparison states. Augmented synthetic control analyses estimated law's effects on receipt of chronic non-cancer pain treatment relative to predicted treatment receipt in the absence of the law. The study did not identify important effects of medical cannabis laws on receipt of opioid or non-opioid pain treatment among patients with chronic non-cancer pain. A new study in The Lancet is titled Opioid Analgesia for Acute Low Back Pain and Neck Pain. In this triple-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized trial, the safety and efficacy of a short course of opioids for the treatment of low back and neck pain were examined. For a six-week period, guideline-recommended care plus oxycodone and naloxone versus that care in a placebo were employed. The mean pain score at six weeks was 2.78 out of a 1-10 to 10 scale for those on opioids and 2.25 for the placebo-controlled group. These findings support a change in current prescribing habits as opioids are not recommended for these conditions. Next, we have a study in The Lancet titled, Does Knowledge of Liver Fibrosis Affect High-Risk Drinking Behavior? This randomized controlled trial assessed the efficacy of transient, elastography-based advice and alcohol recovery video stories in changing harmful drinking patterns, capturing recruitment at community alcohol services. Those randomized to the intervention group plus usual care had liver stiffness measured by transient elastography, followed by scripted feedback based on these results. In those who were asymptomatic but high-risk, 20% had an elevated liver stiffness measure, close to 15% nearing cirrhosis. Non-invasive testing for liver disease hence enables early disease detection in an otherwise high-risk asymptomatic population. A new article in JAMA Psychiatry is titled Effect of a Tobacco Cessation Intervention Incorporating Weight Management for Adults with Serious Mental Illness. In this randomized control trial, patients were randomized to an 18-month program offering pharmacotherapy, behavioral support for smoking cessation, and weight management versus a control group that received referral to a quit line as well as quarterly health newsletters and a list of exercise resources. 26% of participants in the study group quit smoking versus 5.7% in the control group. In addition, the study found no significantly greater weight gain in the intervention group supporting the use of smoking cessation interventions in this population. The next article, in National Vital Statistics Systems, is titled Drug Overdose Deaths Involving Xylazine. In this study, trends in overdose deaths involving xylazine between 2018 and 2021 were examined. The age-adjusted rate of overdose deaths involving xylosine increased from 0.03 to 1.06 per 100,000 over this period. Rates among males were more than double that of females. Rates also increased across all race and ethnicity groups and were highest among non-Hispanic Black people. Rates increased the most among Hispanic people. The eastern U.S. was impacted more than the middle and western U.S. These findings highlight the growing involvement of xylosine and the ongoing overdose epidemic in the U.S., our next article, titled Beliefs, Attitudes, and Experiences of Virtual Overdose Monitoring Services and the Perspectives of People Who Use Substances in Canada, is in Harm Reduction Journal. Virtual Overdose Monitoring Services, or VOMS, are an alternative for those unable or unwilling to use safe consumption sites. Interviews were conducted with people who use substances regarding their experiences and beliefs about VOMS. People who use substances were optimistic about VOMS for harm reduction and noted that spotting or telephone contact with a spotter while using already exists. Privacy was a concern as well as a fear of legal consequences. Many felt the need for increased awareness of VOMS. Our final article, titled Validity and Reliability of In-Person and Remote Oral Fluids Drug Testing Compared to Urine Drug Testing, is in drug and alcohol dependence. This study compared the accuracy of oral fluid drug testing compared to urine drug testing. Comparison was also made between in-person versus remote oral fluid drug testing. Remote drug testing has the potential to allow for contingency management to be conducted via telehealth. The study found that reliability of remote oral fluid testing was adequate for opiates, cocaine, and methadone, but not for oxycodone, amphetamine, or cannabis. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ASAM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.